0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Making Waves. I'm excited to get into this one with you. It's a really hot topic, and it's the subject of church hurt. We know that we all need church, but what happens when you have been hurt in the church? So I'm excited to welcome my dear friend. She I consider her to be almost a spiritual daughter for me, and that's Miss Courtney Blackwell, is our guest today. So welcome Courtney to Making Waves. Thank you. Hey, Yay. I'm so excited. So am I. So this subject, church hurt. So when we say that, what is the first thing that you think about when I when I bring that up?
1: Mm church her. So I think just for a little context, anyone who doesn't know me, I worked in a church for 3 years right out of college and you it's just so interesting to be a church goer versus to be working in a church or working in ministry, even just volunteering in a church. You get to see things that maybe You didn't want to see or things that you weren't aware of just because that's kind of how it goes. Mm -hmm. It's just you start to see behind the curtain a bit. And when I think of church hurt, I think of when I was working at the church and I would hear about someone struggling with church hurt. I was a bit more cold to Mm -hmm. it because clearly I believed in the church. I'm working at the church. I love the church like as a capital C church and i i was kind of like well you know that's not god like you know people are just allowing people to like misrepresent god and things like that and i was just i didn't have much empathy for it and now i have been out of working in the church for about a year and it seems like the lord has continually brought specifically women into my path but guys as well who really have had some substantial, serious, like not able to be minimized church hurt. And when I really hear what has happened, whether it was people or they truly felt like God didn't show up for them, I've like completely flipped of how I view it. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my heart hurts more for that. And I think it's a buzzword. So now everyone's a bit desensitized yeah. to like, oh, church hurt. Mm-hmm. But but it is something that is very real that people that I've dealt with, that people I know have dealt with. And it really can affect you mentally and just in
0: every way. And so, you know, to kind of dig down into the root of that, because you're right, it is a buzzword and you hear it. I mean, I speak in a lot of different places and when I'm doing altar work or speaking with people afterward, it seems to be this common thing. And, you know, I hear about people that I, you know, they will not step foot back into another church because of this. I think about the first time, that I ever experienced it personally, and I was not on staff at a church at that time. I was a volunteer. I was doing ministry, speaking, um, and I it, it really uh, highlights for me back then, now looking back on it, how... I was not properly aligned because I was putting all of my faith in the pastor Mm -hmm. of that church, of the staff of that church. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the church itself, the establishment, rather than keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times that we are forgetting that we're dealing with people, right? But, But on a more serious note, as I have really dug into the subject myself, uh, because it's you know it was even prophesied over my own ministry that there would be people that would actually come through my ministry for healing of ministry hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's caused me to do a lot of research, and what I'm finding, and you can help me you know with your own opinion on this, is. I find that there are so many people, even in leadership, it, it's almost like we we have crippled people raising a crippled bride. Mm-hmm. So there's a lack of wholeness there. So there's, so how, wh- how can we turn this around? So what's the answer, you know, so we can get it on the front end rather than it's like we're continuously having to uh, uh, help people who are limping along. Yeah. I
1: agree with everything that you said. I think one of the problems is that the church has to take accountability. Yes. Leadership has to take accountability. It's like in our culture right now, in our society, people are not just going to change their minds about something. Like they have a strong opinion and they're sticking to it. And the church and leaders in the church, this happens like, I mean, every month you can get on Instagram and see a pastor doing a public apology for something that has happened Mm -hmm. that is not okay Mm -hmm. and I think the fact that we've allowed it to become that to where like you need to do a public apology wait it out and then you can come back and it'll be like nothing ever happened and everyone's gonna forgive you and of course we should be forgiving but I think we're not addressing the problem Mm -hmm. I mean if you care about something And you know that it's hurting people and you're not doing anything to change it. I think that's a problem. Agreed. Like I look at racism in our country, in our wherever you're at. And if you can openly, we can all admit like there is racism, Mm -hmm. there is prejudice, but yet we do nothing to help it or be a part of the solution We're just as bad as anyone else. Like we're not doing anything. And I think that's what happens in the church is that everyone can say like, yeah, you know, um, I hate that that happened or I got hurt in this way, but then no one's doing anything to change the cycle. Like the cycle isn't being broken. And that's what you're saying about hurt people or limping people, just limping people along is because they're not healed themselves. And that's why they're falling to pornography addictions Mm -hmm. or affairs in their marriages and as church leaders. And it's like, that just is not okay. It just should not be happening. No.
0: Um, sorry with the, um, scratch. Um, and I did it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're like talking like so serious and then we're like,
0: (laughs) anyway, anywho, I'm planning on doing a future episode on this subject, but another problem I believe is, so who is pastoring the pastors? Mm -hmm. So I think discipleship is an issue because we have lost what the true meaning of discipleship is uh, because when we have our eyes fixed on Jesus and when we are, you know, the technical Position of a disciple is at the feet of Jesus. So that means we're always in his presence. When we're in his presence, then, you know, we are whole in his presence. So we're missing that piece of it. But then you have these pastors, these leaders, who is pastoring them? Mm-hmm. So in my own experience, you know, there's this, this whole the glass bowl, right? Yes. Of, you know, if anybody finds out that I struggle and I'm in ministry, then is that going to cause my ministry to fail? Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, are they going to look at me differently? Will I lose my job? Will I lose my reputation? And so there's just, it's all we're doing is we just, it's this constant cover up. Yes. So how do we shift it? You know, how, where do we start?
1: I really think one thing that could help is having like legitimate mental health counselors working on church staff. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I mean, we have put so much weight on pastors to be all things to all people, like Paul says, but but one person can't be all things right. to all people. And a lot of our pastors They are well studied and they know, you know, they are very equipped to teach and preach and lead, but that doesn't mean that they have the capacity to handle some of the things that are going to come into those doors. A lot of people struggling mentally, struggling with addictions, and it's easy for a pastor to start addressing those symptoms, but that's where you need counselors on staff, people who are trained to look at those things from a Christian perspective and address the root of the issue and start doing work there. And pastors, frankly, a lot of them don't have the time to meet with people every single week like a counselor would. And so I think just releasing that stigma about mental health in the church. Like everyone is struggling in some way and having counselors on staff that your people can see, but also that your staff can see. Cause I think the burden that comes with leading a church or all these people and and it's easy to take on all those burdens as well. Like they need an outlet. They need someone to talk to. Um, We're seeing that like in the nursing field as well. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to do more to get, Mental help for nurses who see these traumatic things and they're not giving any free counseling or any sessions. Same, my roommate was a 911 dispatcher. They get like a couple free sessions, but it's like it has to be consistent. Like when you're dealing with traumas every day, that's what a pastor is doing. Yes. You're watching traumas, walking traumas, and you're trying to do everything you can. And of course, with the Lord's help, but I still think like you need like licensed professionals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. So, what happens to the person who, you know, they go to church here and there? You know, maybe they were raised in the church, but now they don't go to church, or maybe they've not been in the church at all. So they're on Instagram scrolling, and, mm-hmm. you know, this week it's this pastor falling, the next week there's this scandal. So they say, you know, I knew it all along, you know. So mm-hmm. it's basically, you know, I don't want any part of that. So, what do you say to that person, you know, who looks at it and it almost is like a joke to mm-hmm. them? And even this generation, who you know is all about truth, but they don't want the church of what their parents went to because, mm-hmm. in their opinion, it's just facade. It's all, you know, it's it's we live one way in our house, but then we show up something different when we go to church. So this person who has gotten so uh, over it, just mm-hmm. done with church, I don't do church. So what what do you say to that person?
1: First, I would say I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that either. Right. And the God that I know and the church that I believe can be is not that. Yep. And the church that I've seen be healthy, I've seen pastors be healthy, I've seen churches be healthy. I know God had a plan for the church, and when you see those things, you have to kind of think this isn't the plan. Like yeah. this isn't what it was meant to be. So. Um, It's funny because I, I started a small group here in Nashville and I put out on Instagram, you know, this is for anyone, any woman. If you you would say, you know, you love the Lord or you don't even know the Lord or you're kind of over church, you wouldn't go back, whatever, wherever you're at. And the Lord has brought me this woman in the first week. I mean, she did not want to come. Her friend brought her. She literally sat on my couch and she was like, I I don't really want to be here. I don't want to go to church anymore. I have been so hurt. And a lot of her hurt stemmed from, it wasn't people actually. It was that she had really called on God in a time that she needed him and she felt he didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And, She had not, and she felt this pressure to serve in church. She felt like there was constantly things being asked of her that didn't seem, you know, she didn't feel like it was, she was in a place to serve. And she just constantly was being bombarded with that. Just all these factors. And Mm -hmm. she was like, I'm just done with it. Like, and you know, the term deconstruction got brought up Mm -hmm. and I was like, I just want to say that I hear you and I, I invite you to change the term to reconstruction, because when you deconstruct something, you tear it down with the intention to never rebuild it. But when you reconstruct something, you tear it down in order to rebuild it, or you tear it down to its foundations and then rebuild it. And I think that's really good and healthy. And I think a lot of us, like you said, really don't want the church our parents had, because, you know, I grew up and I would ask a question, And I would be reprimanded for doubting. You know, Mm -hmm. we weren't supposed to doubt and we weren't supposed to really ask questions because this is just what God said. It was like the same mentality of home. Like, why? Why do I have to do this? Because I said so. Right. And that's how it felt with God. It was like, because I said so. And now I've I've gotten to know the Lord in a different way. And that is not how he speaks to me. Or Mm -hmm. I don't think that's how he speaks at all. Like when his children or when someone wants to know more and they have questions, I think he loves that. I think he loves curiosity and I think he wants like he says seek me and you'll find me seek me is not not asking questions and just being silent like seeking is asking questions and wanting to know more and challenging what you've been taught yes and I think that's so good and so I I am in a I want people to challenge what they've been taught and actually hold it up against the word of God and see if it holds up. And if it doesn't go ahead and throw it out Absolutely, because it's been used. It has, you know, church has been used to condemn people. And, and I just don't think that was ever the Lord's plan. So I would say to them, I understand, but let me try to show you who God actually is. Cause I think you've been taught about a God that's not, God.
0: Yes. That is so good. That is so good because it ends up what happening, it's like we end up distorting mm-hmm. the gospel, watering down the gospel, perverting yes. the gospel. Will you um, touch a moment? You mentioned the deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Will you will you explain what you, what? because some people may not have heard that term before.
1: Yeah. So there's a big deconstruction movement going on, mostly like in the evangelical world, people who have grown up in church, all different denominations who With A lot of them are saying, I'm deconstructing. And what that means is really they're leaving the faith. Mm -hmm. Um, They're seeing that whatever this is has turned into something, or maybe it was always something they really didn't like or feel a part of. It felt weaponized against them, and they are over it, like really over it. And um, I've heard pastors kind of, you know, get really aggressive about how bad this movement is and how Mm -hmm. people are just leaving the church, but they're not hearing what's behind that. And I think that movement in itself, it's not stemming from a bad place. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think it's healthy to assess what you're believing, but that's what it is. It's just like a, a lot of it is a falling away because people have, they're seeing the truth of, it's kind of like all of the scandals or whatever's coming out. And that just doesn't seem like anything anyone wants to be a part of. Right. And we're in a cancel culture as well. Right. Add that on top. Somebody says one wrong thing, canceled. You're mm-hmm. out. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm not supporting you. Um, you're dropped from all your brands. Like, this is common. So, I don't know why Christians think it's different in the church. Mm-hmm. Like, you say something offensive, people aren't coming back. Like, and I'm, you know, I know that sounds harsh, and I don't think. I don't believe in cancel culture. This is so cheesy, but I heard someone say, I believe in cancel culture, (laughs) (laughs) but I do. Like, I think we, we really could help people learn and grow. People can learn and grow. I don't believe in canceling, but like, those are the times we're in. And the Bible says like teachers and pastors will have a higher calling. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be living in such a way that you're above those things. And they're not right? right and not all I'm not trying to generalize again there are great churches healthy churches but a lot of the ones that are causing this these issues mm-hmm
0: you know, well, and it keeps that cycle going. When we were talking about uh, not always wanting the church that our parents had, yes, and it's like you said, you know, you question something, and it's almost like you're condemned for that. You know, it's like it's blasphemy to ask a question, yes. you know, about God. Which I agree with you. I think He loves it. Yes. I think He loves our doubts. He loves all of the the questions that we bring to the table. But then, even in this, what you're talking about, we're even repeating that cycle by basically just saying, everybody, just you know, just just keep your mouth shut yes. and don't raise up any questions but i mean god can handle any of it exactly. he can handle the questions so we should be able to so the issue is why are not why are we not able to handle the questions right it's like the truth is the truth so the truth will stand on its yes. own you know so courtney in your own personal experience Can you give any illustration of like what you yourself have walked through? Can you go into more detail of how you've been affected by church hurt?
1: Yeah, I think, um, gosh, I think like it goes back to exactly what we were just talking about. Like, I was raised even to believe I had never had any church hurt because like, everything was so dismissed. Like if someone made a comment that was hurtful or stuck with you or things like that, no church hurt wasn't a common term. And so I think a lot of things that happened, especially like, let's say 10, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a big deal. Although it was like, we see people suffering from the trauma of those things now because it's being talked about. Um, so I think even growing up just kind of that I've always had sort of a blind faith, like, I One of my personality strengths is belief. Like it's very easy for me to believe God. Mm -hmm. It's it's very easy for me to believe in God. I know that's not everyone's experience, but I encountered God at a very young age and I just knew it was like so solidified in my mind I wouldn't question Him. And so I am not the person who has to have answers to every question. I'm okay not knowing everything, but that's not everyone's perspective. And anyways, I think... But growing up that way, I think there were probably things that I saw that were, that if it happened now, I would be more open to like, oh, maybe that is not okay. But I wasn't, I didn't even realize it at the time Mm -hmm. because I didn't, like nothing was not okay. It was just like, you know, whatever. And then working at a church, I think like as much as I loved the people, it's just hard to see behind the scenes of things or to let me think how to say like it's hard to make church work Mm -hmm. I mean it's just like I studied music in college and studying it and having to do it and perform it and think of it in all these different ways and have homework about it it took some of the love out of it for me Mm -hmm. and I think working in a church and you know people are people right. like they are just people and you i'm just like you i thought surely everyone working in the church <laughs> like has good motives and good intentions and want to see like we're on the same page like we just want to see the kingdom here and that's so easy to say mm-hmm. but day to day going into work like a job like it took some of the love out of it for me i started you know i saw things in people that are just normal people things, but I didn't want to see that in the church. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see that in the church people I was working with. I didn't want to see their humanity almost because, like, I think mean, I I would prefer to be blind to it yes. and believe that they like never have a bad thought or you know always want my good, and that just wasn't the case, you know. I and that is that was a big part of me just growing up mm-hmm. was realizing like. For one, just in life, not everyone has your best interest at heart. And even if you're in the church, even if you're on staff at a church, not everyone's going to have your best interest at heart. That doesn't mean they're an awful person, but we say it all the time. Everything's not about you. Right. And sometimes, yeah, that was hurtful. And Mm -hmm. I think just seeing like the work of it, the labor of ministry, it was— difficult sometimes to still have that kind of like innocent joyous love for this thing that mm-hmm. I was a part of my whole life that has changed my life like church has changed my life but you get it's like magic you see behind the curtain and it's not so magical you're like right. whoa wait that was manufactured that wasn't wait what you know it's like such a it messes with your mind and I think like that whole three years was just adjusting. Like, mm. I still adjust. I'm like, wait. And I constantly have to check myself of, like, am I putting expectations on them that, like, I wouldn't put on just my friend. Right. Cause that's really not fair either, but it's
0: hard. So what would you say? Cause there's people that are listening that work in the church. They're on staff at a church and this is probably really resonating with them. um, But they don't have any options. I mean, this is their job. This is what they've been called to do. uh, Inevitably. I mean, for, you know, who knows how long. So what advice can you give someone? How can you keep it from, from zapping your passion, Mm -hmm. zapping your joy, uh, taking the supernatural out of it i mean what 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 can you offer
1: Mm. i think it's a good question i think if you can stay like in your lane and i and i mean that in the way of keep remembering like why you're doing it Mm -hmm. um of course not stay in your lane as in not helping other people but like keeping your mind in focus and always remembering, like, why am I doing this? Like, why did I feel like the Lord put me in this spot? Mm -hmm. What is my purpose here? Because every time I could remember, like, there are so many people here that I love, whether it was the choir or the women's ministry, it was just like, I love these people. And no matter what else was going on, I knew the Lord put me there, Mm -hmm. like, it was undeniable. I knew he brought me there, mm-hmm. and I think just constantly reminding myself. And if if you're in that position, like reminding yourself why you're doing and it, who you're doing and it, and who for. you're doing it for. Because yeah, it is. If your eyes glitch for a minute, or your mind starts getting on all the things you would do different, and that's the thing too. Like. It, we in human nature think we know the best way. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at another ministry like, what are they doing? Right. Why would they do that? Like, this is what they should do, obviously. <laughs> and I'm in touch with the Holy Spirit. So I'm pretty sure, well, they probably are too. And that's not my call to make. Like the Lord put me in certain things and gave me influence in certain areas. And that's where he, you know, I was meant to be. But I think, yeah, who you're doing it for and then what what's the purpose and the people. Yeah. I think like people so easily forget people Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point Mm -hmm. like I (laughs) I have uh encountered pastors who will say things like you know they talk about situations and they're so annoyed by people Mm -hmm. they don't want to be bothered they're Mm -hmm. like why would you why would they come up to me after service and say that Mm. and it's like I'm sorry like that is the whole point of what you're doing. Like, I just, that, I'm, I'm just going to make a statement. I don't care. You can cut this yeah. later if you want. But if you don't love people, you're not a pastor. Absolutely. Like, you, that's not a pastor's right. heart. Like, right. a pastor loves people. 10% of what you do is on that stage. Yep. And the, all the other 90% is with people. Yep. And I think, like, whether you're on staff or you're just going to church, like, people are the whole plan Mm -hmm. like everything god did was through people Mm -hmm. everything supernatural he did through people like he could have done it any other way but he chose to do it
0: through people right right that's so good let's talk about territorialism Mm -hmm. in the church let's talk about you know because oftentimes that can uh be the the sore spot the thing that causes the church hurt so what can you say about that? Like where, you know, it's, it's, you know, I say this all the time, you know, you know, we, rather than us trying to build our own kingdoms, we need to be about building his kingdom. Mm -hmm. We are all on the same team. So talk about that and how destructive you, I mean, what have you seen and what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I've seen, I've seen both Mm -hmm. attending, working, whatever. I've seen it both ways. And I think, I mean, working, you know, teamwork, teamwork, whatever. <laughs> like, if everyone has the idea in mind that, like, if you win, we win. Right. Like, if you win, we all win. It changes the church. Yeah. I have I have seen churches that every ministry is involved in every ministry, you know, whether it's youth, young adults, women, men, the elderly, you know, they all come together for things and it is so beautiful. It will bring me to tears because you can tell everyone there like has the same vision Mm -hmm. and the same goal. And that's just to see people come to Jesus. But I think it happens so easily, especially working or Mm -hmm. even if you're just volunteering and you are really passionate about one thing because that's what's on your heart. Like God gave you eyes to see a need and you're there it's really easy to only care about that one thing. And I think when a lot of people start doing that, that's when you get the territories Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, my passion is music. Okay. Well, my passion is young adults. And so I'm only focusing on music and you're only focusing on young adults instead of me thinking, I wonder how I could bring the young adult ministry into our music ministry. Right. Like how can we bridge the gap? Right. And I think it just, Honestly, it's hard. It's hard when you're day-to-day thinking of one thing because you're not thinking big picture. Mm -hmm. But And that all comes from leadership too. Everyone, it leaks down. Yes. But if, if everyone has that mindset of like, how can we bridge all these gaps and be like one body? You know, I mean, the Bible says like, we're one body made up of all these parts. Right. Like young adults is the arm and youth is the leg and music is the foot. I don't know. And like the body doesn't work without all the parts. Right. But we act like... The arm is going to save the whole church. Right. That's so good. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the whole
0: body. (laughs) Yes. That's so good. That's so good. Um, And then, you know, and I I agree with you on that. Then there's that, we get back again to where... If we're not whole and well um, on the inside, if we are not secure in our identity in Christ, uh, which can then lead to approval addiction, you know. And I mean, you're a music person, so I mean, you mm-hmm. you know, people that are on the stage are can really fall into this yeah. because a lot of times you find your identity, your worth in your gift in what yeah. you do, and so then it becomes another distortion uh, and, and becomes territorial in a whole different way because it's about look at me, look at me rather than being willing, you know, to look at the whole. So have you seen that before? And, you know, what, you know, what is the solution for that? You know, what can a church do when you're in a situation like that? Or if you're on a, let's say you're on a, you're in a department or Mm -hmm. you serve in a ministry like that, what, what, what can be done?
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen it. And I think, It's sensitive for me because I am a music person, but I can honestly say I see it the most in music ministries because we are in a time where, you know, everyone has a platform. Mm -hmm. Like if you have social media, you have a platform. Anybody can have a platform, whether they have something to say or not. But like culturally, we're used to going to concerts. Like we're used to musicians being cool and whatever. They're on stage. So anyone on stage we think is like, a level above because they're literally like above but they're right like on the same level right <laughs> um i think one thing that could help aside from just constant like i mean this is so individual like there's not a fix-all if you're not doing your own personal right. work if you're not sitting with the lord like you're not gonna have humility like you just right. you're not you're not gonna have like a gentle, humble spirit, because that's a fruit of the spirit and you're not sitting with the spirit. You know, the spirit's not acting in you. But I think past that, I think that we have really lost confrontation in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another reason that we are seeing a lot of the issues we're seeing. Like if I'm working with you and I consider you someone I love, someone that I have a relationship with, and I see things in you that I know are not of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't say that to you. And then, then you continue on and it gets worse and worse and no one's saying anything. Yeah. But everyone's talking about it, right. of course. Or praying about it mm-hmm. together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> praying about it together. Okay. Um, then that's not biblical. Right. And I think if we could, you know, confrontation is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, God says, blessed are the peacemakers people who sow in peace will reap righteousness mm-hmm. he did not say the peacekeepers. he said peacemakers and that's something that's really convicted me mm-hmm. is because sometimes i would love to keep the peace because especially in church like we're supposed to keep the peace right, right? we're all supposed to get along in harmony <laughs> and so when you have to confront something or it's kind of hard or awkward um We sometimes forget that the Bible gives us an outline of how to do that. You know, you go to your brother or sister first. You pray about it and you go to them, write to them, to their face, not texting. That's right. And you have a conversation. (laughs) And it's hard and it is awkward. But you might can save them for that Instagram post that's going to come in a year if no one says something to them. And I think that's the accountability part is like when you're, let's say you are in a worship ministry and you see, you know, that someone, you know, you don't want to call it that, but like they're very prideful. They're t- it's all going to their head. Like they're quickly becoming they think they're better than the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it takes a lot of leading from the Holy Spirit and wisdom and love and gentleness to have that conversation without causing an offense.
0: Because otherwise, then the the entire church is basically being held hostage yeah. by this situation. Uh And I've actually seen this is years and years ago. Uh, Couple planets over, mm-hmm. um, where you know this this same kind of thing that you're talking about. Rather than anybody confronting things that they saw, they basically just talk about behind their back, which built and built so put it under the rug, yeah. and then it builds, it builds, it builds, and then this person was asked to leave the church after years and years of service. Mm-hmm. Um, but not even for the right reason. Where had they just dealt with it from the beginning, then it probably could have resolved itself, and it would have been a teaching experience, um, and everybody would have grown from it. But I think that's that's fairly common yeah. because we don't want to. And you know, I have a business background, and I, you know, I've, I've only been on staff at a church in one place. And I think the hardest transition for me from going from business to church is, you know, I want to run things like a business, mm-hmm. you know, but the argument is that this is not a business; this is a church. But sometimes mm-hmm. I think you have to run it like that. Yeah. Um, and part of that is 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 the honesty, the accountability, being direct, because we're not helping anybody by this this whole cover up yes. thing, which is really part of what's causing what this whole topic is this this vicious cycle yes. of church hurt because we. We're never honest to begin with, um, but we're not, you know, making a space, a mm-hmm. safe space where people can can do that. So, um, And
1: I, I have a thought on yes, that, Yes, please. Um, about the church hurt thing with this topic, I think I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who's worked in a church, mm-hmm. but most people don't and will never work in right. a church. And if you, if that is you, and you see an issue, no matter if it's leadership or not, the biblical principle still applies. right? Like, I think a lot of people feel a lot of church hurt comes because no one had the hard conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that church member feels like they could never say something to that worship leader or that church member could never approach this subject with the pastor instead of like. And it's just that hierarchy that mm-hmm. should not exist in church. Like, that is so counter biblical mm-hmm. like jesus was constantly on the same level or lower yes. than the lowest person and we have it so wrong in the american church like we have a hierarchy we have famous pastors that's just not a thing right that that's that's not I, i'm sorry that's just weird that's not like i don't think that was how it was intended to be right. not that they're bad but it's like you're supposed to be the lowest. Like. You have been given this great platform, but that doesn't mean you're higher or better or above anyone else. And I think church members have, that is your church. Like you have a right to speak up and to fight for truth in your church. Absolutely. And if something's going on that is not biblical, you have a right
0: to speak up about that. It's interesting that you brought that up because I was recently having a conversation with a family member who is an atheist, used to be very active in the church mm-hmm. and attend to church. And the the quote unquote, forgive the expression, show business yeah. of the church is the part that just, she could not mm-hmm. swallow it, and she saw so many things happening in the business of the church, the show business of the church, that she's just done with it. So we were having a conversation, and I probably failed miserably <laughs> in, in it. you know, it's like you always like God give me the opportunity so I can mm-hmm. really tell people about you. And in this particular case, you know, of course, I'm a family member. I want them to know Jesus. And so he literally gave me a wide open door and I feel like I I, I froze in place so I'm hoping I'll get another opportunity. Yeah. But she asked me the question she said, what do you think about this whole uh, idea of this of it become like an entertainment It's mm-hmm. you know these 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 big name you know, and how can that, how can, if, if this Jesus is real, if God is real, how can he be pleased with that? If it's supposed to be, you know, being lowly and being humble and whatever. And I saw the opportunity for what it was and then froze like a, like a dummy. Um, (laughs) so Lord, please give me another opportunity. But that's, I'm so glad that you brought that up because, uh, people that are not rooted in Christ That that are not planted um, Or mature in Christ You know How do they reason that out mm-hmm. I mean that is confusing And it doesn't make sense it's Because hard. it's so worldly
1: It is hard And I've been thinking about that a lot too It's like And I want to say I, I think every church has a mission I want to believe they're doing something good Or trying to Um, although I don't think, you know, the way we're doing church in America is the way it was being done in the Bible. I think a lot of these mega churches are reaching people and I think they're doing good things in their community. And, but like to that person who that's not for you, that's where I think what happens is then you're just done. It's like, instead of, let me try to find something that that feels like was right to me. And that may be like a house church. Mm-hmm. And those are getting really popular again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing a lot more people start meeting in homes and small groups are becoming more popular than church. But I think what's sad is like people like your family member have experienced that and probably didn't feel the, you know, opportunity or the, Ability to go and have that conversation with the pastor to say like, hey, like I'm struggling with this. Can Mm -hmm. you help this make sense for me? Because to me, this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. This feels like a show and it doesn't feel like the Lord would be pleased with this. And if those questions aren't like welcomed, that's probably not the church for you. Because if a church can't back up what they're doing, I I would move on. But I'd say move on and try something else. Instead of just giving up, yes, because that's not rep- that's not a representation of Jesus. No, it's just what one church has decided to try, right? And they may realize later it didn't work, or it, you know. And sometimes when you bring up those questions, it forces them to have an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sit there and look at this congregation member who's saying like, "This doesn't feel right to me." Can you explain to me how this is biblical? I mean, that should be
0: and an totally okay to ask. Absolutely, absolutely, and that. Leads me to this thought, and that is what do you say to the person that is listening right now? And I'd say there's many who can say, Yeah, that's me. You know, I've been hurt by the church. Either, you know, someone uh, didn't allow me to. Uh, participate in this particular ministry. I didn't get the solo. Uh, somebody gave me a dirty look sitting in the pew, or they frowned at me the way I was dressed when I walked in, and so I'm done with it. So, what do you say to the person? Um, and there's two parts to this. You know, what do you say to that person? Because the what I want to make very clear to anyone listening is, listen. We need each other. We need the church, you know, and COVID did not help things by us being in isolation and beginning to do the online thing. Because part of what Jesus was very clear about is that that we are a body and we need each other, and yes. we need the fellowship. We need we need the people that are going to rally around us at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, when we're when we've gotten the call from the police or from the hospital or whatever. So I want to make it very very clear. You know, I just want to expose this whole thing of church hurt, and we also need to remember in this. And I, I don't mean to bounce around, but. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. You know, there is an enemy that is on the prowl. He wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy churches. He wants to destroy the reputation of the church. And when we give foothold to the enemy, he can work through people and he can work through believers. So I have experienced it. I know that there are spirits of religion that are alive Mm. and well. There are spirits of Jezebel. There are spirits of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. There are spirits of Leviathan. There are spirits that have somehow made their way into the church. So we're not. It's not him. It's not her. It's not them. It's the spirit that's behind that. But that is what's happening. Uh, But we we have to keep our eyes fixed Mm -hmm. on Jesus and remember, you know that 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 it's not the people. It's Jesus. So for that person who said, I'm done with it, you know, I don't want any more part of it, what can you say to them? How can they navigate through that and still, and you've touched on some of it, but sort of kind of summing it up as we get close to closing this this episode, Mm -hmm. what can you say to those people? Because I feel, sorry, I keep rambling, but I feel almost a desperation Uh uh, because I feel like in some cases, I mean, we know that. God wins in the end but it's it's the the enemy has gained ground in some people's lives that he was never meant to. Yeah. Because he has he has whispered lies and put you in isolation yeah. and kept you from the body. So that's why I feel like a desperation to kind of jar you a little bit mm-hmm. and get kind of shake that out. So what what do you say to that person? First
1: I want to say to the person who just heard everything you said and their first thought was those people are being too sensitive or those people, that's not a real reason. Um, I would say that right there is the sign that you, you need to talk to God Mm -hmm. because when someone leaves the church because of something like oh, you know, that person gave me a dirty look or I wasn't welcomed into this. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. I wasn't welcomed into this ministry. and uh, Please keep going. No, it's real. It's not like, that's not a petty reason. Like they didn't leave the church because someone gave them a dirty look. That's what they're saying. Like they left the church because you didn't see them. And like they sat right next to you and you acted like, They didn't belong there. Mm -hmm. And that looks like so many things. You know, people try to join the choir and they they know they're not a good singer. Most people aren't delusional, but they (laughs) want to be a part of something. And someone shames them or makes them feel embarrassed. And it's like, this should be the one place that's not happening. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're all human, but I think like as christians especially if you're listening to this and you would say like yes i'm a believer and yes i love the lord then like you have a responsibility to act like it and to represent jesus well and when you don't like you're gonna have to answer for that Mm -hmm. and i believe sorry that was a tangent but that's just for anyone because i've been there Mm -hmm. like i have been cold-hearted about it and i had to like the lord has had to over months this whole year like Give me a different heart for those people Mm -hmm. because I was the person who would have said, that's so petty. That's not Jesus, but that's only Jesus. They saw was you being mean like that isn't representing Jesus. Well, yes. And to the person who would say like, I'm done with church. Like I'm over all of this. I would just ask you to like try it again. And I know that's hard because I was just thinking of this yesterday. I, I wrote a whole note in my phone about it at the airport. I was like, it's so hard because in our in our world, like let's say you you hang out with someone or you meet someone and you don't hit it off. Like let's say you might even feel awkward or uncomfortable. Like most people would say like, like I'm not going to talk to them anymore. Like I didn't feel comfortable. And honestly, I don't want to be around them anymore. People feel that way coming to church. Mm-hmm. People feel that way meeting Jesus. And Christians are so quick. I've been quick to be like, but God loves you. Like just give him another try. Like he's, he's chasing after you, yeah. whatever. But like for some people, that's not comforting. That is so, is very uncomfortable. And to ask them to try again, that's like asking someone to go, I mean, I know this sounds extreme, but it's like asking some for some people who have been abused by the church, hurt by the church, used by the church. That's like asking them to go to lunch with their abuser. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I know everything they did to you, but I just want you to go again. Give them another try. They're sorry. You know, they didn't mean it. Mm -hmm. It's so brushed off. We wouldn't do that to someone who had been abused. Like Mm -hmm. we would say, put your boundaries up, you know? And so it's a very weird how there's such a, like shift and we when it comes to church we say no like just give it another try so I I would say I know that's difficult and I I can understand that like it may be very uncomfortable for you to step foot into church again or to try again with another group of believers who you have hope for and you're scared they're going to let you down because that's very scary. But I do believe like in my heart that the Lord sees you and he wants you to be a part of something. And he doesn't intend for you to do this life by yourself. He intends for you to do it with godly community who love you. And you you can find that. Yes. I've seen it. like I know it's there. And I've, I have seen the opposite. But if I had given up then, I wouldn't have the people I have now. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard because it's easy for me to say that now. Mm-hmm. But I, I would encourage you to to give it another try and really ask the Lord to lead you to the right place with the right people. You know, just like with a counselor, I'm, I'm a big advocate of counseling. You don't always get it right on your first counselor. Sometimes it's not a good fit. And I think it's that way with church. Yeah. And in America, we're so lucky. There's a church church. There's so many churches. Yeah. So we kinda can have a choice. Like you can see where are people kind? Where are people kind outside of the church? Where are people welcoming those people who don't look like them or dress like them? Because that's where you want to be. And don't don't
0: settle for a place that's not that. That's awesome. That made me think of and I not everybody will have seen it, but are you a chosen? Person. No, oh, I want to watch gosh. it. I want to. <laughs> oh, if I'd known that at the beginning of this, okay. So there is this one scene, and if you guys are are diehard chosen like I am, you'll know. But if not, what is wrong with you? Please go back and watch it. But there is a scene. Oh, I think it might have been the last episode of season two. But Jesus is yes, it is. Jesus is preparing the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, in the in the chosen, which is you know, it's a it's a broad representation. You know, um, Matthew is with Jesus and helping him to actually get his sermon on paper, and and you know, Jesus is you know. Kind of planning his words or whatever, and then when he's ready, uh, and Matthew comes, he starts. You know, he's figuring out the order of it all, and he starts going through the. So Matthew says, "So how did so to Jesus?" And please, I know this is not all one hundred percent scriptural, but it's yeah. a great yeah. uh, it's a great example of of what what you just said, and I'm going to get to that. Is Matthew says to Jesus, he goes, "So Master, how so? How did you decide you're going to start?" and Jesus smiles at him, and he says, I'm going to start with a map. And so Matthew is ready, and then Jesus goes into the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. and he says, blessed are the meek, mm-hmm. blessed are the this, blessed are the... And so in the scene, what he's basically saying, the, the whole message to the people is find those people Mm -hmm. and so he's flashing on some of the different disciples the ones that have gone through this and gone through that and so get in math it's in the book of matthew uh, matthew 6 i think um find the beatitudes yes and 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 so find the people that are meek. Yes. Find, read the beatitudes and and look for those people. And in Courtney's absolutely right. If you go to a place and you know it's there there are people that are kind, you know, look for that. There's the map. Yeah. You know, look for those people. Um let me see. The other thing and I know I was trying to wrap it up but I felt really strongly to bring this up because clearly there's someone that needs to hear this. Um let's just Uh, before we end it, I do want to touch on because some of the things that you were saying, let's talk about women's ministry. Yeah. In this, because I mean that's you know kind of my ministry. You've been with me in that ministry. I know you feel called mm-hmm. somewhat to that ministry. So this is where obviously I hear a lot of this church. So when you that really spoke to me, especially when you got emotional about walking into a place, and you know and th- that we can't make light of that. That's no small thing yeah. to not feel welcome, to not feel safe. And you know, so you've got these. I I, call, I think of like I see there are women there, but I see these broken little girls yeah. who never really knew what a daddy was or didn't have a good relationship. So they've walked through life; they don't have a, their identity. So, so it's again these broken people raising up a broken yeah. bride. So in women's ministry, in particular, I think that's a perfect example of where. I mean, it's almost like the poster child for Church Hurt uh, because women are looking for a place where they can sit down. So can you speak to that at all in experience that you have and where how you see that done right and how that can benefit somebody versus how that can really do a number on somebody as well?
1: Yeah, it's so funny what the church has done to women. Mm. Um, They want to. And I'm saying they generally, you know, the church has wanted to silence women. But then they don't want women to actually be silent because they want them to teach every class that the church has. Mm-hmm. They want them to raise up all the children of the church. They want them to put on every potluck meal and fellowship hall event, but they don't want them to have anything to say. That Those two things don't make sense because that's mm-hmm. not that doesn't make any sense. Like, of course, <laughs> if you're leading up a whole generation, you must be somewhat, you got something to say. You're, you've you got the Lord. Um, and so I think a lot of women just by the church in general, not even in women's ministry have been hurt because they don't feel they have a place or they don't feel like they have as much of a place. Um, I think I would ask you to start thinking about how does Jesus view women Mm -hmm. and really look at the women that Jesus encountered and how he treated them, not anyone else but how Jesus treated women. And I think that will change your perspective on where you belong in the church. And who you are. And who you are. And if uh, you you always say, like you, you've said, you know, women's ministry, more like women's misery. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it, it can be a train wreck. And so can church. I yep. mean, it can all be a mess. And it kind of is because it's a bunch of imperfect people trying to do something holy. But I think like, I would say, come be a part of it and try to make it better. If like, there are things I've been, I felt the Lord lead me to before. And then I got there and I was like, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. like not this. Surely this, I got it wrong. (laughs) But it's like, no, maybe I'm supposed to bring something here. And I think that's another thing. A lot of us, even as women, we go into something and we want it to be like, perfectly ready for us like we want it to be we want want it to feed us we want to be able to get plugged in we want to be able like everything a ministry should have we want to walk in and it be there but sometimes you're called there to be something to it or to bring the change like you may see a need or an area that no one else has noticed or you may be like why is this so chaotic And that may be why god led you there exactly right because you're like this is so chaotic and everyone else is like oh, this is the most organized ministry and you're like crawling in your skin, but you're supposed to step in. And I would say like just back, you know, kind of going back to the cultural thing with things like racism and prejudice, like, you have to be a part of the change. Yeah. Like if you want to try this and if you really want godly community, like you're going to have to step in and get messy. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to get your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to have those awkward conversations. You're going to have to insert yourself sometimes. Sometimes like people aren't welcoming and you know, you're called there. Get in there. (laughs) Like stop waiting on someone to invite you to come in. Right. Like, you have every right to walk in a church door. You have every right to walk into a ministry. And if God's given you a calling, which he has, whatever it is, organization, hospitality, like then there's a ministry that needs you. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to be serving all the time. But I think like in a lot of things, you are going to reap what you sow. And like if you're putting into something, like you're going to keep getting things from
0: it. And there's healing in that. And yes. so even when you've been discouraged or you've seen something, um, and, I'll never forget uh, an older woman in the faith said to me when I was considering uh, even starting River Dweller so many years ago, and I had no confidence in myself. I didn't have any confidence in doing a women's ministry. I didn't even, to be honest, at that time, didn't really like women. Yeah. Um, I had my own bad experiences, and so it did not make any sense to me. And so I was just kind of seeking her advice, and and she just looked at me, and it was like a one sentence, and she said, "Well." Sounds to me like there's a problem, and God has called you to be a solution to the problem, mm-hmm. and so that's the case. And we, even when you were talking about, uh, we were talking about being on a church staff and being, yeah. you know, disillusioned, but God may have called you there to be that light, mm-hmm. even in a, on a church staff of all of all things. Yes, so, and, and
1: specifically to women listening, yes.
0: let's just yes.
1: you. Have a voice. Yes, you do. And the Holy Spirit is just as alive and active in you as he is in anyone else. And you have gifts and callings on your life that the Lord has given you. And anyone who has tried to muzzle you, muzzle you, take the joy out of that for you, that is not of God. Because he gave you a voice and he's going to give you a platform and influence. It doesn't matter what that looks like. If you're a server... That's your people at your tables. If you're, it does not matter. If you're in healthcare, it's everyone you interact with every day. You have a sphere of influence. And do not allow people, any person, pastor, people, I don't care what degree they have, don't allow them to tell you that you can't do something that you know the Lord called you to do. Amen. Because I have been there. Like I knew the Lord called me to something, and I was basically told I can't. And I'm like, well, I'm how does that work? Yeah. Cause I'm, I know that God told me to do that and you're not letting me. It, that causes hurt as well. Yes. But you answer to one and that is God. That's right. I, I do believe you should respect authority and submit to authority. But if you're not in a place where your gifts are being celebrated and you're not able to act in your calling, I would encourage you to find a different place.
0: Yeah. And look it, you know, is it for kingdom purposes? I mean, and that leads to kind of in wrapping this up because, you know, and the topic being church hurt. And so I love what you just said. And so, so we have what the enemy does with is the distraction factor. Yeah. And so he's trying to keep us our eyes off. So when our voices are, when it's attempted to, to muzzle us or, or whatever, if somebody has tried to do that, that's just a distraction. And so we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We have to stay at the feet of Jesus. And if you have been through church hurt, then there has to be healing that happens. There has to be, like with any trauma, with any, any hurt there has to be healing. And you're not gonna be able to necessarily count on someone to come and make that right with you. So you can't control anybody except yourself. Mm -hmm. So you've gotta take that hurt, take it to the feet of Jesus, and I promise you that he will heal you of that hurt. And then you have to stay at his feet, meaning staying in his presence, and then only getting your revelation from him. And he will direct you to the place that you need to be, you know, just like I was talking about with the chosen, mm-hmm. he he gives you the map, look for that place, you know, where you are accepted, where mm-hmm. there is kindness. And, and the thing that breaks your heart, you know, the thing where maybe you saw the problem, that may be the very place that he's calling you to, yeah. to be a part of the change. So Courtney, I have enjoyed this conversation so much. We could go on and on and on and yeah, on about literally. it, but I think we've just scratched the surface on it. I'd like to even continue this on a deeper level at a future time. But, um, but can you? Um, I, I'm actually going to ask you just to pray for any listener that's out there that has really struggled with this. I actually feel in my spirit that we are we're actually talking to. Pastors' wives, mm. uh, even pastors on staff that for whatever reason, I mean, have just laid your calling down mm. because of this same thing. And so so I just believe that the Lord wants to resurrect that in yeah. you and wants to heal you of that because we are not going to let the enemy have any ground here. Yeah. So I'm going to let you pray for that and we will wrap it up.
1: Mm. Okay. Lord, I thank you so much that we were able to have this conversation. God, I thank you for anyone listening, because if they got this far, they're searching for something. God, I, I ask that if there's someone listening who has had church hurt, no matter at what level, Uh, just going to church or being outside of the church, but being hurt by someone who said they were a Christian or working in a church, whatever level they were at and got hurt by the church or a Christian or someone who said they loved you. God, I ask that you would just remind them who you are. I ask that you would speak to them even right now, just in their spirit comfort them, give them the biggest hug. Just let them feel you mm. right now around you and remember who you are. And God, if they've never really met you and they've only met Christians, Lord, I pray that right now they would encounter you and that they would see that you love like no human mm. and you are consistent like no human. You cannot help but be true and honest and loyal. It's in your nature. It's it's your character and you can't act outside of your character. Like we can. And God, I just ask, I pray over any woman, especially any pastor's wife, anyone who has felt that for whatever reason, whether it was a marriage or a job that they had to set aside what you have called them to do Lord I ask right now that the lies of the enemy will be broken off of their head in Jesus name yes. I ask that the grip on their mind would be broken off in Jesus name any stronghold that has set itself up against you any principality God I just call it out right now mm-hmm. wherever they're at in their home in their car let it be gone and off of them in Jesus name yes. God you give callings and you don't take them away yes. and God I just ask if if they don't know what that calling is that right now in their spirit it comes to mind right now they see it like a word in their head whether it's to sing to speak to Mm -hmm. dance whatever it is to cook god to feed those around them whatever it is lord remind them of that calling give them new dreams new visions for that calling help them to start to get excited about that calling again and whatever they've laid down that wasn't meant to be laid down, I ask right now that they would decide to bend down and pick it up again. God, I know that that is scary and I know that there might be some opposition but Lord, I pray that they would be met with love by the people around them when they start to pick up that calling again. I pray that as they start to walk in obedience to you, that that would be met with favor. God, favor always follows obedience with you. And so as they obey you and as they start to try, to try out this calling again, Lord, whatever it is, I just ask that you would encourage them step by step, remind them that you're with them every single step, that you will not leave them, you will not forsake them, and what you have called them to you will equip yes. them to do. God, you are good. You're only good. And Lord, I just ask that through this podcast and through this moment with you, Lord, that that people would be reminded of your goodness. And if they've forgotten that that you are good or if they have felt that that you're not, that that you would show them your goodness even now, God. That they would see Hope again that they would see a land of living again. Not dead things, but things coming back to life again right in front of their eyes. Lord, resurrect old dreams. Speak to those dead places in them and bring them back to life, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Woo! Woo! Amen.